Honor is a very basic principle in the Bible, in God's word. And I think in our society today, that's, that's almost become a forgotten concept. Um, well, I'll just say it. So many people today are just plain nasty. They're just plain ugly. They talk to people in nasty ways, and they are rude and uncaring, and those aren't God's principles. And we have all kinds of honoring days. You know, it seems like there's a day for everything anymore, and they're all about honoring something. And we just had Memorial Day and Fourth of July and Father's Day and Mother's Day and celebrated uh, Pastor Bert and Pastor Becky's anniversaries <laughs> and birthdays. And all those are great occasions to honor the people that they're, that they're uh, made for. But so often today, the national holidays, like Fourth of July and Labor Day and all of those, I believe have become more of an excuse to have a party have a barbecue and everybody go out and drink beer and have a lot of fun and all that. And I'm not against fun and I'm not against getting together with people and all that, but we seem to have lost the real purpose of those days and that's to honor the people that they are named for. And um, I just think it's good for us to re-examine this principle that's so important in the Bible. So we're gonna start in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to read a couple of verses. I'm going to read them first in the New King James Version, and then I'm going to read them in the Amplified Version, and then I'm going to have a few comments about it. Okay, 6.2 says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And then in the Amplified Bible, it says, Honor, esteem, and value is precious. Your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise. So just based on that, you know, the, this, this, it's talking about honoring the mother and the father. But the principle that's there is valid throughout all of our society and throughout the Bible. It talks about it all the time. There, there are so many. I, when I first did this, I started looking up all the all the. Uh, uh, places where honor is mentioned in uh, concordance. And boy, it wore me out. There's so many. I mean, there are hundreds. So it must be pretty important. Huh? It actually is mentioned more times than heaven or hell. That is kind of a shock to me. So that we really know what we're talking about, I, I want to give a definition of honor. In fact, uh, it's pretty lengthy, so bear with me a little while. Synonyms for honor are value, esteem, respect, worth, submit to, defer to, obey. And that's just a few of them. There are dozens more that tend to, to define what honor is. 
sometimes it helps to understand the real meaning of a word if you know what the antonyms are, what the reverse of it is. And some antonyms are to show disdain, disobedience, treat as common, devalue, despise, ignore. That makes it pretty clear, doesn't it? And I have to say that in our society today, I think I see more of the antonyms in use than I do the synonyms. It's, uh, we have become, and not just we, I think it's probably worldwide, but we have become um, a society of antagonism a society of uh, confrontation and a society of lack of common courtesies. And they say they're common courtesies, but really common courtesies are just respect for other people. That's all it is. It's just respect for other people and having their interests above your own. Now, I, I, I said this last time that I uh, talked about this subject, but I've got to say it again. Um, in this area of life, my wife Sarah is my hero. She is one of the most considerate, kind people that I've ever known. And not just for people that she knows, not for just for people that she uh, talks to often, but... <laughs> When she goes to the grocery store or shopping at Walmart or Belks or whatever, she comes home with stories. And she has good stories. Yes. The people that she meets in those places and the conversations that they have and the interaction that they have and the helpfulness that she displays to people in those, those encounters is just awesome. I want to follow in her footsteps because I believe she's following in Jesus' footsteps. So, yay for Sarah. <laughs> when I do stuff like that to her, she thinks I'm picking on her, but I'm really not. She's so humble that she doesn't like to be, have attention called to her, but she has to put up with it from me because she's married to me. So, if we know that honor is a biblical principle and, and it's something that we should be doing, uh, I want to talk a little bit about who we should honor. Who we should honor. And of course, the first person that we're to honor is God. And that kind of a kind of a oxymoron, you know, kind of a thing. You know, it should be self-evident that we're to honor God. But when we go back and look at the synonyms for honor, value, esteem, respect, worth, submit to, exalt, defer to, obey. Boy, it got quiet here real quick, didn't it? I'm sure that everyone here honors God in some of those ways, 
but I'm just as sure that some of us here, or all of us here, dishonor him in certain ways. I can't think of, well, I couldn't begin to enumerate the number of times when I've been disobedient to God. And I have to brag on myself tonight, because you all that have heard me speak before, you know I like to start with a, a joke. I've always done that. There's, this is the first time ever that I've started a, a meeting where I didn't have a joke. So the reason I don't have a joke is because God told me not to. And I argued with him a little bit, you know, but I was obedient to that tonight. And it's a little uncomfortable for me to do that because when I tell a joke, it just kind of loosens me up and hopefully it loosens the audience up some too. So to start this process without that was kind of a handicap for me. But I was obedient, but I haven't always been. Um, I don't know why he told me not to do it. I I don't know. He didn't explain to me. He didn't tell me, you don't do it because. He didn't tell me any of that. He just told me not to do it. And there have been so many times when he's told me things like that and I've just disregarded it. Now that's just my thought process, you know. But I think we all really know deep inside when it's his voice if we take the time and the effort to listen to it. So if you miss my joke, blame God. <laughs> Next, well, let me let me read first Samuel Chapter 2, 1 Samuel 2, 30. But now the Lord says, Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So, you know, when we hear something from God in our spirit, and we don't, take heed, we don't listen to that and don't take the time, maybe we don't understand it. Maybe we need to ask God why or whatever, you know. And He may not answer us, but it doesn't matter. But whenever we don't pay attention to that and do what He's asked us to do, we're disobeying Him. We're dishonoring Him. And that's an important thing. Next, we're to honor Jesus. Let's look at uh, St. John Chapter 5, verse 23. That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. And we all know, we're all Christians here, and this is the core group of the congregation. And so I'm confident that everybody here knows that Jesus is God. He's part of the the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit. And so it's the Spirit who speaks to us what God wants to say to us or what Jesus wants to say to us, either one. So we have to take those little soft voices that come to us in our spirit 
to correct us, to direct us, to comfort us, to advise us, to help us. It's important that we really listen to those. Take the time. For me, that's the, that's the, the killer right there, you know, to take, when you hear the little voice, to really take the time and think about what it's saying and make a decision that I'm going to follow it. Instead of just skipping off, well, I'll think about this later. You know, I've got to do this right now. I'll think about this later. Well, later doesn't come. And before I know it, I've forgotten what he even told me. I might think of it two or three days later, but by then, I've already been dis disobedient, and it doesn't matter. It's not good. Uh, then, church leaders... Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says, And he himself, and who is he and who is himself? That's my phone. Sorry about that. Wasn't too important. The only reason I even looked at it is because it might be pastor. Or <laughs> um, was I? Ephesians 4.11 He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. This would include all those set in leadership in the church. Now, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road. Um, I said this last time, I'm going to say it again because I think it's really important. I'm really proud of this church, this congregation, because Sarah and I have attended a lot of churches in our almost 56 years that we've been married and moved 28 times in those 56 years, so we've been to a lot of churches. And I have to say that this church, this congregation, for the size of it, has the, the, the most volunteers that are truly committed to be good volunteers that we've ever been associated with. And it's really important that we honor them. It's really important when you uh, come in contact with the people that are doing production that you honor them, that you recognize the effort and the dedication that it takes for them to make all this work. You better be glad that they all do it, because if they didn't, I would have to, and boy, what a mess we'd have then. That would be a mess. Or when you see Tammy or the, the nursery workers, it's important, you know, Sarah, when we were, uh, were in our church in Florida, Sarah and I did, chill, did the, the nursery for about a year. Enough said, right? I have to tell you, Sarah did most of it, but I, I did the heavy lifting. She did the, the, uh, the important stuff. So it's important that we recognize their, their contribution to making this church work. Could it work without them? The answer is no. This church has the smallest paid staff 
of any church that we've ever been associated with. And so everything that gets done gets done on the backs primarily of volunteers. So I'm proud of y'all. And I honor y'all. It's important that we recognize that. Now, now that I've given you all that great compliment, I'm going to go to meddling a little bit. <clears throat> there, well, and it's not just this church. We've seen it everywhere we've ever been. There is a tendency for people who are volunteers or are doing things in the church to be quick to be obedient and responsive to anything that the pastors ask them to do and to do it the way the pastors want it done. But when it comes to lower leadership, like Tammy running the children's ministry or Rebecca running the, the production or uh, Amanda running the praise and worship team or the host ministry or whatever ministry it is, they're not so quick to respond affirmatively when the leader of that group asks them to do something and asks them to do it in a specific way. How many know that's dishonoring that leader? You know, when pastors set somebody in a position of leadership, they're entrusting that function to those leaders. They've set them in that position. And as such, they deserve the respect and honor for the people who serve under them to do what they ask them to do. And I, I also want to make the point that uh, there's a difference between obedience and submission. Y'all have heard this story before? You can do something that somebody tells you to do and do it with your teeth gritted and complaining the whole time you're doing it. That may be obedience, but it's sure not submission. Submission requires you to humble yourself and do what you're asked to do, not only because you have to do it or you feel like you have to do it, but because you do it cheerfully and with a good attitude and, and with respect. And all that's important. So, okay, I'm done meddling. No rocks or anything, right? What time is it? The next group that we're supposed to honor, not just supposed to, we need to honor, are civil authorities. And... Unfortunately, that is one arena in our society where civility and honor has almost gone out the window. Uh, our government is an antagonistic form of government. Democrats against Republicans, Republicans against independents, you know, so on, so on, so on. And while that's true of them, the people that run the government, we have an obligation to honor them. Everybody shake your head yes. 
we have an obligation to honor them because, well, let me read Romans chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. You ready? Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, because they're appointed by God, therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Now, it doesn't mean that God is going to just strike you with lightning, you know, judge you and strike you with lightning and kill you when you don't honor them. But what it does mean is that there will be consequences to you not honoring them. And I won't even go into what all the consequences could be, but there could be some very severe ones. But the big consequence is sooner or later, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and they're going to, you know, somebody, I assume it'll be Jesus, will ask us why we did what we did in that particular situation. Why did we dishonor that person when we set him in place? We're going to have to answer. And I don't say that to scare you. I just say it to, make it to help you to think about it when you want to dishonor somebody in government authority. And that's, you know, when I talk about government, I'm not just talking about the president and the, and the Congress and the Supreme Court and all that. I'm not just talking about all that. I'm talking about our governor and his staff and the, the, the state legislature. I'm talking about city council, uh, Kerr, Kerr County commissioners. I'm talking about any person that is appointed by the government to serve in the government. You know, one of my pet peeve places is uh, where you go to get your driver's license. What do they call that place? Yeah. I have to struggle there. I have, I have to admit, I have to struggle there. But if I'll listen to the Spirit, I'll get through it with, without being, bringing them dishonor. And last in, in my list here, I'm, and this is, not, this is not an exhaustive list or anything like that, but in my list here is social authorities. And that's a big, 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 wide range. It includes employers, teachers, leaders in any social environment. If you belong to any club, anything like that, whoever's the head of that club, they're your leader. You're to honor them. When we have our connect groups, all the connect groups have leaders. And it's important that you honor those leaders. Um, those of you who have been leaders know that there are times when uh, you have, a, you have a, 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 a list of people that are supposed to be in your, in your connect group, and sometimes they just don't show up. They don't call you to let you know they're not going to be there. They don't give you a reason. They, don't, they just don't show up. That's dishonoring. It's dishonoring not only that leader, but the other people that are in the group. Because the group is intended to be homogenous, you know, to be drawn together. And when you don't show up and don't let them know, you know, I know people have to miss sometimes for different things, you know. 
but it takes seconds to send a text or maybe a little longer to place a phone call and let them know why you're not going to be there and that you're not going to. It's really bad when they don't even tell you that they're not coming. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 1 in the Amplified. Let all who are under the yoke as bondservants esteem their own personal masters worthy of honor and fullest respect so that the name of God and the teaching about him may not be brought into disrepute and blasphemed. Now that particular part of that verse, I think, really... With me, it resonates about church things. Connect groups is one, but there are many other things. You know, we do have all kinds of activities at the church. And uh, when we pass those things off as trivial or they don't, they're not important or whatever, you know, that's a form of disrespect. Every function that this church does i got to say, our pastors have the, have the biggest hearts for the people of anybody that I've ever been associated with. They love everybody, and they want everybody to prosper. They want everybody to grow in, in faith. They want everybody to prosper and, and be in health. And they pray for this congregation every single day. And when they're aware of a difficulty that anybody in the body is having, they pray for them specifically. So it's, it's, it's really important, I think, that we make a concerted effort to honor the people in our body. And, you know, for me, it's not even about leadership. Any time that I meet any of our people coming in the church or leaving the church or out in Walmart, wherever, you know, I want to take, I want to take uh, uh, a cue from my bride and make sure that I take the time to greet them and, you know, have some inter interchange with them and all that to let them know that they're important. Let them know that I love them. Let them know that they're important in the church. We all need to do that. I may not do it perfectly, but I endeavor to. I'm getting better. Teachers. We have some teachers in our, in our congregation here. Um, well, I won't put them on the spot, but I'm sure you have some problems with your students not honoring you from time to time and not being obedient to you and valuing you and all those kinds of things. But we have teachers in the church too. And they need to be honored and valued. <clears throat> and the, the one that I was just alluding to, really, I got ahead of myself a, a little bit, is peers. Peers. People who are in your sphere of influence, I'll put it. We all have a sphere of influence, right? We all have a sphere of people that are, surround us in one circumstance or another. 
that's our sphere of influence. And we have the opportunity to honor them or dishonor them, to respect them or disrespect them. You know, they're on the same level as we are. They don't owe us any obedience necessarily or anything like that. But you can honor people without having to be somebody that you have to give obedience to and defer to. And I think that's probably the most important aspect of this because it needs to come from the ground up. It needs to start in that sphere of influence. And if that, if that gels, then it'll spread. And you will have an impact on your sphere of influence and that the people in there can have an influence on another sphere of influence that they have. So that to me is probably the most important. It's certainly at least the beginning point of giving honor where honor is due. Uh, <laughs> and children, not only ours, but all children. You know, we, uh, we parents, and I'm certainly guilty of this, sometimes have not honored our children the way they should be honored. I know they can be stinkers sometimes, and you have to use discipline and all that. But at the same time, they can be honored by how you treat them, how you love them, how you teach them. The, the people that you allow them to come in contact with that can minister to them and help them to grow up strong and tough. And last, I want to talk about people who are subordinate to us. This is a pet peeve of mine. Mainly in this group, I'm talking about service people. Uh, the person that comes to fix your air conditioner. The person that works on your car. The person who waits on you at tables in the restaurant. The person who's a busboy in the restaurant. The person, I think of Mamacita's, you know, and the person who brings you a basket of chips and the, the sauce. They just go about doing their thing and they don't even get to talk to anybody. They just do their thing. Well, we can honor them by, by telling them thank you. Tell them well, we really appreciate that. And, you know, honor them as a person. Recognize them as a person. That's not some robot that comes around and does the stuff that they do. And it's important. I'm sure you can think of many other people that, apl that apply to that group. And often, they're the people who do the jobs that pay the least. And a lot of them, they're dirty jobs. I think the trash collectors. It's a lot easier now than it used to be because they drive around in a truck and they have this machine that comes out, picks the can up, dumps it in, puts it back down, and they drive off. But it's still a stinky, smelly job. And those people don't get any thank yous. They don't get any hello, how are you, and all that kind of thing. Whenever I see them come to our house, I always wave at them. You know, they don't take the time for you to say anything to them, but I always wave at them. Let them know that I, I see them and that they're doing a good thing. Those people we need to honor. And probably those people are the ones that it takes the most thought on our part to remember to do that. So I encourage you to do that.
the honor principle. This whole thing is about the honor principle, and it's all through the Bible, as I said before. And I'm hopeful that we as a congregation can take this honor principle and spread it through all of Kerrville, Texas. And as it spreads through Kerrville, Texas, if it really takes hold, it'll spread further and further. And I hope that can be done. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17, in the New Living Translation. And remember that the Heavenly Father, to whom you pray, has no favorites. No favorites. You know, I always, I always tell people I'm God's favorite. I've done that for years and years. And I believe I am. But I believe every one of you are, too. He has favorites, but we're all his favorites. He will reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. New Living Translation. And when the Bible talks about fearing God, it's not talking about shaking in your boots and being all scared to talk to him and all that. It's talking about honoring him, holding him in awe that who he is and what he is gets the due respect that we owe him. He created us. Without him, we wouldn't even be here, would we? I know mom and dad had something to do with that, but he created mom and dad. 2 Corinthians 2. And this... This verse speaks to what I was talking about, about our sphere of influence and the people that we come in contact with. 2 Corinthians 2.15 For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Honoring people many times gives you the opportunity to minister to people that don't know God. Sometimes our lifestyle says more about us than what we say. There's an old adage that goes, more is caught than taught. I'm sure the teachers in this room have heard that many times. It's true, and as, as we raise children, they actually learn more about us from how we are than by what we say. That's an important concept. It's one that we need to remember. I only have four more pages, so y'all hang on. Now, I'm just going to read several scripture references, and then I'm going to get into an, to a different aspect that I didn't really cover the last time. Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 to 42. And I'm going to read it first one way, and then I'm going to change some words and read it another way. And the different reading will not change the, um, the meaning of the, of the verses, but it will help us to recognize what it means. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. 
He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, that he shall no, by no means lose his reward. Uh, I'm going to change the word receives in this passage to honor. It means the same thing in this particular application. So, he who honors you honors me, and he who honors me honors him who sent me. He who, who, who honors a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who, who honors a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones uh, only a cup of water in the name of a disciple assuredly, I say to you, he shall no, by no means lose his reward. So basically what this is saying is that when you receive somebody, you're honoring that person. You're recognizing their selfhood. You're recognizing that there's somebody that counts, somebody that matters, and somebody that you should not necessarily pay deference to, but recognize their honorability. Does that make sense? Everybody say yes, it makes sense. Okay. Then I'm going to read 1 Peter 2, 13 to 17 in two different translations, first in the New King James and then in the Message. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. For the Lord's sake. When you do that, you're doing it for the Lord. You're honoring the Lord by, by honoring this person. Whether to the king and supreme, or to governors, or to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice. But as bondservants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, Fear God, honor the king. Okay, then in the message. Make the master proud of you by being good citizens. Respect authorities, whatever their level. They are God's emissaries for keeping order. It is God's will that by doing good, you might cure the ignorance of the fools who think you're a danger to society. Exercise your freedom by serving God, not by breaking the rules. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God. Respect the government. Any questions? <laughs> Pretty plain, huh? Oops. I got to hurry through this. Um, I told you I was going to add a little bit from than what I covered last time, and it, these last passages that I read to you kind of hint at that. But it's important for us to understand that honor is a seed, just like everything else is a seed, and what you sow is what you reap. If you sow money, you get money. If you sow honor, you get honor. It will come back to you, I promise you. 
It may not come back to you from the person that you honored, but it'll come back from somebody because a seed only knows to produce. Second uh, uh, Corinthians 9, 6 to 7 says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or, or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And this principle applies to honor just like it does any other seed. There is no difference. It will grow. Now, I'm going to read you some Bible passages. There are, uh, for honor, there are full rewards, partial rewards, and no rewards. And I'm going to read you some Bible passages that, that speak to this. And it's important that we understand. I'm going to go through it pretty quick. It's important that we understand that even though these examples are biblical examples, they apply the same in everyday life as they do in these biblical examples. So, uh, Luke 5, 17 to 25. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before them. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down into the midst through the, through the tiling on the roof unto the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man... Your sins are forgiven. So the teachers and the Pharisees, there had to be some of them there who were ill, who needed healing, but none of them got anything because they dishonored Jesus. They didn't get anything. While the paralytic received a full reward, they received no reward. He received a full reward because he not only got healed and walked up and carried his bed out of the place, but he got his sins forgiven. That's a full reward in my book. So those are two examples of, of partial and full rewards. This next one is... Oh. We also see a partial reward scenario in Mark 6. And this is verse 1 through 6. <clears throat> then he, Jesus, went from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. This is Nazareth where he went. That's his hometown. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which he, which he is given, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. 
But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and among his own relatives and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. So all these Pharisees and teachers that were dishonoring him, which they certainly did, received absolutely nothing. They all got nothing. But he did heal a few sick people. And probably those were people that didn't dishonor him, didn't stand against him. So, uh, the, the Corinthians uh, verses that talked about God loving a cheerful giver, and he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. That applies to the honor principle the same as it does to money. If you sow honor bountifully, you're going to receive back the same kind. You'll receive back a full reward. Where if you sow it grudgingly and... <laughs> this morning I went to the post office. Well, this is a little side story. but I went to the post office and as I was going in the door, there's a guy coming out the door. And he looked angry. Well, I said, good morning, how you doing? He just walked right past me and never said a word. <laughs> but I wasn't offended because he looked like he was having a bad day. But we shouldn't do that. If somebody speaks to us, even before they speak to us, we ought to speak to them.